Hi, and welcome to Screens in Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Brittany. I'm Diana. And this is episode nine. Today, we'll be reviewing season two, episodes 11, 12, and 13 of The Walking Dead with the lens of trust. Before we dive in, how are you doing today, Brittany? I'm doing well. I'm a little sore, and I don't understand why being healthy has to be so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Only in the beginning, I guess. (laughs) How are you? I'm good. I just met with really good friends yesterday, and it was just really good to see them. So I had a really good time, but I do want to bring up that I'm a little bit bummed because... Why? We are not going to appear on The Talking Dead tonight. (laughs) We entered that contest and we were featured, at least on the show, Mm -hmm. our video, which I was really excited about. But a little bum we won't be on the couch tonight watching. Right. There's always next year. Yep. (laughs) And now first, a recap. Episode 11, Judge, Jury, Executioner. The group is deciding on what to do with Randall. Dale asks Rick to give him one day to talk to everyone and see if he can convince them to not kill him because he is trying to hold on to the group's humanity and civility. They eventually decide to kill Randall and because of this decision, Dale leaves. He says that the group is broken. Right as Rick is about to shoot Randall in the barn, he changes his mind because Carl walks in. Dale's attacked by a walker that Carl had been throwing rocks at earlier and failed to shoot because he got spooked. So the walker opens up Dale's guts, which is absolutely repulsive and the worst way to die by a walker, in my opinion. So Daryl shoots Dale in the head to end his suffering because there's no saving him. Episode 12, Better Angels. Lots of crazy shit happens in this episode. It all just transpires super quickly, so keep up. Rick is going to set Randall loose like they originally planned, and this drives Shane up the wall. To add the cherry on top, Carl goes to Shane because he feels guilty about the walker that killed Dale, and Lori apologizes to Shane, saying that she doesn't even know whose baby it is and that it wasn't just him who felt what he felt. What the hell? If you thought Shane was delusional before, this really flips his damn switch. Shane devises a plan to kill Rick. One, tricks Randall into thinking he's setting him loose, but actually snaps his neck. Two, tells Rick, Randall got away. Three, he and Rick go searching for Randall, but he eventually takes him to a hilltop to shoot him. Rick tries to reason with him, but ends up stabbing Shane, killing him. Shane turns into a walker, but Carl shoots Walker Shane in the head. One shot, one kill. Very impressive. Mm-hmm. They are headed back to the farm, but viewers see that a shit ton of walkers are headed their way. All I can say is, holy fudge, that was sad, and it gets even wilder from here. Episode 13, Beside the Dying Fire. Walkers are enjoying their dinner in Atlanta. Disgusting. They hear helicopters and start following the sound of the farms and the communities. They hear a gunshot, which is Carl shooting Shane, and head toward the farm. This is bone-chilling scary. Daryl and Glenn make it back to the house and tell the others that Randall's a walker and he wasn't bit. Rick and Carl, surrounded by walkers, run to the barn. They set fire to the barn to draw the walkers away from the house. The group tries to shoot the walkers, but they are outnumbered and decide to leave. Lori can't find Carl and panics, not realizing he is with Rick. Patricia and Jimmy are attacked and die. The others make it out in different vehicles, not knowing who survived. Andrea is separated from the group and runs into a mysterious hooded figure. The group reunite on the highway to discover who didn't make it, although they don't know about Andrea. Rick reveals what Jenner told him about everyone being infected, and they are angry he didn't tell them. 
When he is alone with Lori, he tells her he killed Shane and Carl killed the reanimated Shane, which further infuriates her. Night comes and they sit around the campfire questioning Rick's leadership, except for Dale and Herschel, who still believe in him. Rick feels very unappreciated and lashes out at the group and dares them to leave. But no one does. The camera moves above the trees and you see they are a hop, skip, and a jump away from a prison. Okay, Brittany, where did you see the theme trust in these episodes? I saw it with the group's overall trust with Rick. When Rick tries to talk about finding a new place to call home, we know that Rick is not a particularly religious man, but he does trust in the universe that it will all work out. We have always come back to the notion that Rick emulates hope and that he never gives up. When the group is out of gas, both literally with their cars and mentally within themselves, and it's too late to go search for some, you can tell that everyone's very shaken up from the overrun at the farm. They're all feeling very panicked, and even though Rick is as well, he still trusts that they can find a new home and make somewhere their new base or their new safe haven. Mm -hmm. And Maggie says something like, even if we do, for how long? Even though this is a very, it's a passing moment, it felt heavy to me only because I know of how much they have to leave each new home behind and how much they have to keep moving and traveling and saying goodbye to their once proclaimed safe havens. I appreciate that Rick has trusted himself to find a new home, but I feel for him because I know he's also struggling with watching his trust in Shane go up in flames literally a few hours ago. That kind of stood out to me. I also noticed trust was present with what Jenner told him at the CDC. So Glenn makes an interesting point that he told the group immediately after seeing the walkers in the barn. He told them right away. Mm -hmm. I understand why people feel a bit upset in this discovery. However, I don't see how Rick telling the group would have changed anything. I also agree with him that I would have been weary of trusting everything Jenner said. The guys did seem a little off, like he wanted them all to commit suicide together. So it's just, I don't blame Rick for that. In movies and TV shows, when we see a character like find out a secret or they're told some riveting new detail, we may find ourselves yelling at the screen like, tell them, tell them, you have to tell them because we know it's wrong for them to keep it from whomever it concerns. But it's easier to watch and tell someone to do it than to do it yourself. Usually concerning like private or sensitive matter, it sucks being the messenger. And it's not exactly Rick that the group is upset with. They're probably just directing their feelings at him. It's the fact that Bites and scratches only speed up the process of dying and becoming a walker. That's horrifying, isn't it? To know that they would all become walkers and all have to be put down, shot or knifed in the head in order to really die. And it's a deeply like disturbing and agonizing thought to wrestle with, to think, even if you are dead, like you're going to come back to life and become a walker. So I feel for him. Who wants to deliver that news? I don't know. I just felt really bad for him. And I think that them... Not trusting him after that seemed really silly because I just don't see how it would have changed anything. Yeah. One, we didn't know what the secret was. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like we were waiting for him to tell or or like you said, screaming at the TV, tell them, tell them because we didn't know. So I have two different feelings is one, I understand why they're a little upset because I'm thinking to myself, if Rick had even thought that could be true, what if they let their guard down around somebody who died mm. that wasn't bit and then all of a sudden they did reanimate and kill them so i think he kind of wasn't giving them that benefit that they needed that's true but i understand why he didn't and i'm glad they that he said that it was right. because he didn't know whether to believe jenner because jenner was a little you know a little crazy <laughs> i mean he wasn't crazy but 
he was in he a was way. extreme yes so sometimes it's hard to take extreme people seriously yeah because they're just so in your face about what they believe in mm-hmm. so you're just like oh okay yeah. <laughs> but i don't think that they should like not trust him i mean right. after everything he has done for them mm-hmm. they should have just said don't ever keep this information from us again this right and it was killed us and it wasn't like it was a malicious lie that he was keeping no. from them it was right. so he could feel like he was protecting them yeah I also saw the theme of trust with um, Herschel and Rick because Herschel really trusts Rick. When Dale tries to get Herschel on his side about Randall, Herschel says he doesn't care and he's leaving it up to Rick. He doesn't want Randall around the girls. Dale says it's an execution, but Herschel says, I don't want to know. Dale reminds Herschel that he is a man with conviction. Herschel says he has made too many mistakes and he'll leave it with Rick. Herschel really trusts Rick at this point. He wouldn't give Rick the power over his family's well-being unless he believed Rick had everyone's best interests. With the realization of what the walkers really are and seeing Rick in action at the bar, I think he knows Rick is a good man, willing to fight for his family and make the best decisions for the group. Herschel allows the group who have been camping out in the yard to come into the house, but he voices his concern about Shane to Rick knowing Rick will do everything in his power to keep him under control. When the farm is being overrun by the walkers, Herschel is shooting at them, but one is behind him, and as it reaches to grab him, Rick shoots and saves Herschel, then pulls him into the car as they flee the burning farm. At the end of episode 13, when everyone is mad at Rick about the whole uh, Jenner and CDC thing that we just talked about, Maggie and Glenn second-guess Rick's leadership, but Herschel shuts him down and still really trusts Rick. As fathers, they understand and teach each other things and have respect for each other. This is the beginning of a really, truly special relationship. Brittany, where else did you see trust in these episodes? I saw it in with what went down with Randall and Shane. So obviously there's a lot of trust being misguided in that whole scenario. But what stuck out to me was Lori's trust in Rick. It seems to have shifted after he tells her about Carl being the one to put Shane down. Like you said, it infuriates her. This is, it's just confusing to me because like we talked about in the last episode, she basically egged Rick on to kill Shane. Mm -hmm. And it's almost as if she now feels Rick is dangerous. What gives, Lori? I mean... Maybe her trust in herself has declined because she's now realizing how powerful she truly was over Shane and Rick. Do you, I mean, do you agree? Do you have any thoughts about that? I'm still very confused about that. Well, I feel that she was upset because Rick, I I feel like she's mad at him because he allowed him to kill Shane, even though it didn't happen that way. Because that's when she switches when he says Carl had to kill Mm -hmm. Shane. So I feel like she feels he wasn't protecting his son at that moment. Like, man, you allowed him to do that, but she wasn't there. She doesn't let him explain. I mean, he didn't even know, I think Shane was behind him. Yeah, Walker behind him. And so, because he's thinking Carl wants to shoot him. Yes. You know? That's what I thought too. I was like, I'm going to shoot your dad. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right? So, and so it happened just like in a split second, Mm -hmm. but Lori's just mad because I think she just thought, oh, my God, you allowed your son to kill Shane. Mm -hmm. He's just a kid. He's just a kid. And you didn't protect him. That's why I think she's mad. Okay. So it's the Carl aspect of it. I mean, but 
I kind of feel a little bit the whole Shane thing, too. She oh, just yeah. apologized to him. And she seems really sad. And she tells him, oh, it wasn't just you. Yeah. What? <laughs> oh, I, talk, I think I talk a little bit about oh, yeah. this in my, another segment, but which we'll I get don't know. to. It's just very confusing to me. Yeah. I don't like how she treats Rick after that. And he even tries to comfort her. And she pushes him off yeah. of her. Yeah. I'm just not very happy with Lori. Lastly, I noticed trust with Daryl. He's actually an impressive judge of character. I was surprised when he told Dale that he already knew that Shane killed Otis. He also calls bullshit almost immediately after they begin searching for Randall. And I think his trust in others probably stems from the behavior he saw in his own brother. I just, I like that people can still surprise you. It's not that I thought Daryl was stupid or gullible. I just never gave him enough credit that he basically had everyone figure it out already. Did you see trust anywhere else? Yes. Uh, no one trusts Randall with good reason. <laughs> and Herschel, Rick, and Dale don't trust Shane. So Rick asks Andrea to watch over Shane, and Dale asks Andrea to make sure Shane doesn't do anything to Randall. <laughs> so Andrea guards Randall. Shane talks to her about taking care of business. He thinks the others will pussy out. Andrea reminds Shane that Rick is the leader, and it's Herschel's farm. And Shane says... Things need to change. Andrea asks, what are you going to do? Lock them up and take away their guns? And Shane is quiet. He tries to convince her to see things his way. Carl is in the barn with Randall, and Randall tries to befriend Carl, but Shane barges in, holds a gun into his mouth, and Andrea tells him not to do it. Shane tells Carl, Randall was just trying to get your guard down, and that is how you get yourself killed. So hard to trust anybody in this world. You really need to rely on your gut. So what other things did you notice in these episodes, Brittany? Watching the scene when they all have to frantically leave the farm was so heartbreaking. And it was so terrifying to Mm -hmm. me. Lori is separated from Carl and Rick. Maggie is separated from Beth and Herschel. Andrea is completely left behind. And they think she died. Think about it. If they had all never met up at the highway, I mean, that's just crazy that they knew to do that. So I'm glad they did. But I know that people have been separated from the group before. And of course, I feel sad for them, like Merle and Sophia. But this scenario, like this scene, it just all transpires so quickly that none of them have any time to think. They literally just have to go in order to survive. They have to just have faith that they'll find their loved ones later. This is my worst fear. Mm -hmm. I have had nightmares about this, that if anything were to happen, I'd be separated from my loved ones, and especially my sister or my parents or Jimmy, and not know where they are or if I'll see them again. Like, I can't see the little red receipt on my phone to make sure they got my message. Mm -hmm. Like, no cell phones, no email, no forms of communication to make sure they're okay. And we've even talked about this, like, oh, where would we meet if something like this happened? Yes. Because... How do you communicate? How do you know that things are just going to be okay? Yes, I totally agree. And I I think we probably talked about this, but I thought I'm coming home. I'm like, where would we all meet? And mm-hmm. what if we couldn't come home? Where would we go? And mm-hmm. I almost want to like have a plan in case there's right. a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> right. Let's put our plan into place because <laughs> it is scary. And it was really scary in this episode with Carl and Rick being surrounded by those walkers. I mm-hmm. thought, oh my God, they're so fast on them. Mm-hmm. And just... I'm like, can't you guys just run here? Can't you guys just run there? And but just chaos was has had erupted. Yes. So and they can't send a message to the farm real quick. Yes. To warn them of what's coming. Yeah. Which is them too trying to 
survive in that moment. Mm-hmm. And with Lori not knowing where Carl was, mm-hmm. it's like, where is he? Where is he? And she didn't realize that he was with Rick. And that like, was, where did he go? I mean, oh my God. That was, was such a real moment. It was, I'm not a mother, but yeah. when I saw her just say, what do I do? Like she was freaking out. I just, I imagine every mother would feel that way. They can't find their kid in a time of crisis. Yeah. So, And I did like Andrea in this part. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, you know, she was just really good with trying to save Carol. Mm-hmm. And, and that's then, very brave. Yeah, it was. So this was sort of the little bit of a turning point, um, even though she does bug me a little bit later on. But still, <laughs> but still, it's the sort of, she starts to redeem herself here to me. It's like she has really changed, which, you know, I really appreciate, which kind of goes into your next point. Oh, yeah. So I also thought it was cool just learning about things from the group's past, like, Andrea was a civil rights lawyer, and Rick, he tells Lori, oh, I know how you feel about the death penalty. So even though that they were from the South, we get a glimpse of Lori's political opinions and Andrea's life before this. Mm -hmm. So I just, I love these small moments where we learn a little more about each character's background, and it helps us to invest in the show when they invest in creating a well-developed, deeply multidimensional character. Is there anything else that you noticed, Diana? Yes. When someone finally gets what they want or is recently highlighted in the show, they usually die. (laughs) So Dale's on a mission to get someone to agree with him about Randall. He cannot believe that everyone wants to get rid of Randall. He pleads with everyone as a group and then individually trying so hard to get them to agree with him. He goes to Daryl, to Herschel to Shane, to Andrea. He even thinks Glenn is on his side, but he isn't. He is distraught and wanders the farm. Rick decides to keep Randall in custody a little longer, and Andrea knows this will make Dale happy and starts to look for him. But the walker that Carl toyed with has found Dale and attacks him. And that's when Dale is suffering from his wounds and has to be shot. So his character was highlighted in the show and gets what he wants and then he dies. <laughs> and it happens with Shane. He finally gets the acknowledgement that he wanted. I mean, Lori thanks him for being there for her and says she realizes how hard it must be for him to not know if she is carrying his child. I mean, he just looks at her. You know, it, it's like what he needed. And then he dies in the episode. It's kind of the curse of the show. <laughs> you finally get recognition, acceptance, acknowledgement, something, and then it's over. (laughs) Another thing I noticed was the Rick and Shane scene. Rick knows why Shane takes him out there. He knows Shane is going to kill him. Rick gives him every opportunity to get Shane to change his mind, but he won't. Then Rick kills Shane. And then of course, Carl has to shoot zombie Shane. So Rick tells Shane, damn you for making me do this. You did this, not me. And then Rick tells Lori that he had to kill Shane. And then he tells the group that he had to kill Shane. He says his hands are clean, but apparently he not only has to convince everyone, but he has to convince himself. Okay, so now we are on to the segment of why we love Rick. Brittany, why do you love Rick? Because he tells the group how much he has sacrificed for them and challenges them to leave if they really think they're better off without him. He is so funny. It's like he inherited some of Shane's sassy one-liners when he killed him. (laughs) He says, go ahead, send me a postcard. (laughs) 
I was like, yes, Rick, that's my president. Especially when he said this isn't a democracy anymore. He means business and he is not taking any more shit from anyone. They are so hard on him. They rarely give him the credit he deserves. Their ungratefulness essentially pushes him to this. And I love seeing the heated, fed up boss man, Rick. Mm -hmm. What do you love about Rick? I love how much Rick loves Carl. I mean, he loves Lori and he cares for the group, but he will always shift his decision to do what is best for Carl. When Carl walks in and Rick is about to shoot Randall and Carl says, do it, dad. Rick can't do it. He doesn't want his son to become callous. When they are in the barn about to start the fire, he tells Carl, you can do this. And he tells him he loves him. When everyone is separated, Carl and Rick stop on the road and Carl says, they need to look for mom. He says, we got to go back. We got to go back. It's mom. And Carl tries to reason with Rick, but he doesn't listen because he knows he needs to keep Carl safe and they can't go back. Herschel tells Rick he has one thing he needs to do and is to keep Carl alive. I mean, this is Rick's mission. This is any parent's mission. Just a short story. When we were in New York and the kids were younger, it was the tree lighting ceremony and it was so crowded. I mean, so crowded. People were just bunched up that you could pick up your feet and stay elevated. That's how crowded it was. So here we are, Mike and I with the three kids, you know, we're holding their hands. We're trying to get so hard through this big crowd. I have my son's hand and I'm pulling him through the crowd. And some lady keeps trying to break our arms and go through the crowd. And I'm pulling him and she says, can I just get through? And I'm like, I'm not letting go of my kid. <laughs> and everybody just kind of looked and I pulled my son really close to me and we just went ahead. But my son has not forgotten that part. He's all, mom, remember when you did that when you were saving me in that crowd? I'm like, yes. <laughs> so you just do anything you can to protect your children. Okay, Brittany, what are you currently watching? So we just watched The Walking Dead Season 8, Episode 14, uh, Still Gotta Mean Something, and I have a few thoughts. One, I still don't care about Negan. Yeah. Even though he told us about Lucille and he didn't hurt Jadis once he was free, but he was also in a situation where he was trying to not get killed or have his bat burned and mm -hmm. get what he wanted, so it just wasn't touching to me. I empathize because of course there are objects that are symbolic in my life, but I still think he's psychotic. Tons of other characters have lost people and haven't renamed objects after them. Carol isn't <laughs> holding a pen around and stabbing people with it, naming it Sophia. <laughs> Two, I still don't care about Jadis. She let him go. I'm so annoyed. Three, who did Negan pick up? Mm -hmm. Whose helicopter is that? Mm -hmm. Four, Henry reminds me of young Carl, but just not as good of an actor as young Chandler Riggs was. Mm -hmm. And five, I forgot that Michonne had a son. I didn't realize until she was talking to Rick about how she did the same yeah. thing when mm -hmm. she lost her son. And I just, it made me sad because I totally forgot about that. And lastly, I think it's an interesting contrast to the episodes we are rewatching and reflecting on now. Yeah. What did you think about them? You know, I appreciated that so many of the main characters had emotional moments or breakdowns. I mean, Rick, Michonne, Carol, Morgan, Jadis, Negan, 
each are dealing with loss and trying to make sense of the world. It's overwhelming and exhausting. And I really feel for them. Okay, not Negan so much, but I still appreciated just some emotion from him. Um, it's interesting because they each hit a bottom and then are renewed or reinvented somehow. Also, what's up with Jadis and this tiny house? I mean, a skylight, white sheets, and everything is so clean. And those pictures she had, I don't recall mm-hmm. who or what those pictures were. Um, and I like her slightly better than before. So I at least like the direction that we're going with her. And then Carol finds Henry. I was so happy for Carol and and she just really needed this. And that was filmed at the same place that Sophia hid. So that was kind of crazy and hmm. kind of sad. And I just feel bad for Morgan. I mean, he knows he's losing it, but he can't control it. And we all know he goes to fear the walking dead. And I'm really interested to see what happens there. True. We have two more episodes left. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. So what else are you watching? I'm watching a lot. So TV shows, I'm watching Riverdale, One Tree Hill with my boyfriend, mm-hmm. <laughs> Hotel Beau Sejour, which is a Belgian show about a girl who wakes up after she dies. So it's her ghost, basically. And she's trying to solve her murder because she can't remember the last 24 hours of oh, what happened. Okay. So it's pretty interesting. I'm watching the big family cooking showdown, you know, families against other families and they're in Britain, Britain, and it's really cool. I love cooking shows. And the unfortunate series of events season two is out and I love that show. It's my favorite. Those books were my favorite growing up. Yeah. I need to find them and reread them because they were great. As far as movies, you know me, I just love scary movies. So I watched The Den, which is old. It's a scary movie about online chat rooms and snuff torture films. So, wow. I was very annoyed and mad for the main character's struggle, but overall, it's a very clever film. I also watched Happy Anniversary. This couple has been together for three years, but the girlfriend is unhappy, (laughs) and we see flashbacks of their relationship. It's a dramedy, I guess. I also watched What Happened to Monday. It's a futuristic movie about septuplets named after each day of the week. So they have to pretend to be one person for their entire lives because there's a one-child policy to prevent overpopulation. (laughs) Then one of them goes missing. So this is them trying to figure out what happened to their septuplet sister. I also watched Europa Report and is also a found footage style of shooting. So this spaceship crew trip goes wrong and you just have to see what happens. Also, blue is the warmest color. It's a love story about two women and how their relationship blossoms and then fades away. The younger girl, Adele, is navigating her sexuality in the beginning. And Emma, the older one, helps her through through this. So I appreciated that movie. I also watched two other scary movies, Creep and Creep 2. It's found footage. So that's where they're trying to tell you that it's like a real story or someone using a video camera and they're just filming themselves. It gave me kind of a headache sometimes. But I would say these are more tense than scary. I won't tell you too much because the premise kind of just gives it away. <laughs> okay. And then I watched this movie, Murder on the Orient Express. It reminded me of Clue. The new one, right? Yeah. Okay. I so there's a murder on the train, that. right? Okay. And uh-huh. then there's some big names in it like Penelope Cruz and yeah. Johnny Depp. But yeah. I don't know that I would call the whole cast like an all-star cast. But it was it was kind of interesting. I just, I love the end of these movies where they show you the night of, like what happened. Yeah. Finally, after all the speculation, they Uh just tell you 
this is how it went down and this is who killed this person. And I wanted to see that movie, but it did not get good reviews. So did you like it? It's not the best murder mystery I've ever seen. Certainly not. Mm -hmm. I would give it maybe like a six out of 10. Okay. Well, that's not bad though, right? I mean, I'd I'd watch it again just because I like those actors. And it was... They had a lot of actors actually in it. Right. And it was just, it was interesting, but it definitely wasn't, oh my God, you have to go see this movie right now. But okay. I think you'd like it. What are you watching this week, Diana? So, of course, my reality shows. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a brand new season of The Real Housewives of New York, which was really good. Bunch of drama. So that was great. Um, the second uh, episode of Roseanne. Um, really liking that. I am giving American Idol another look because some of the singers are a little impressive. So I like that. Can I say that me and Jimmy have watched it and we actually have been enjoying it? Like, we're kind of like laughing along. We're like, oh, this is kind of cheesy. But it's like, it's fun. It's just fun to watch. Yeah. So that's what drew me back in was the singers, though. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus Christ Superstar. Um, So I love Andrew Lloyd Webber's music. So I was looking forward to it. Um, John Legend was perfect and the production was really well done. And I would watch the tour if Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity. So it was good on TV and it is probably so much better in person. So um, I would like to see that. The Outsider, the movie from 1983 was on and I just happened to sit down and watch it. And it was really fun to watch the actors because there were so many and they were so young. So see Thomas Howell, Ralph Macchio, Patrick Swayze, Matt Dillon, Rob Lowe, Tom Cruise, Emilio Estevez, Leif Garrett, Diane Lane. It was melodramatic, but good. I love that movie. Yeah. I also saw a brand new Netflix original, Six Balloons. It's about a woman trying to get her heroin addicted brother who's relapsed to detox and it's just all within that one afternoon uh and night and it's very realistic dialogue and story the acting was incredible abby jacobson and dave franco who are normally known for comedic roles do really well in these dramatic roles so that was really good um i also watched the ritual Netflix horror movie, four friends go off to the Scandinavian woods after one of their friends was killed in a store robbery. And they go in, but will they come out? You'll have to see. It was a decent movie. I watched that a couple weeks ago. And then uh, watched Only the Brave, a Netflix DVD, a biographical film about an elite group of firefighters who bravely fought the Yarnell Hill fire in June 2013 in Arizona. Um, The movie was really well done. I really liked it. The actors were great. James Brolin, Miles Teller, uh, Jennifer Connelly, and Jeff Bridges. And the sporting actors were good, too. I would recommend this movie. I really enjoy true stories, and it paid tribute to those who lost their lives. And it's a reminder of how heroic firefighters are. So you should watch it. Okay. So now we are on and the award goes to. So Brittany, who does your award go to? I like the moment when Rick says, you're a man of God, have some faith. And Herschel says, Christ promised the resurrection of the dead. I just thought he had something different in mind. I like this moment because it shows that we all have certain interpretations and expectations of life, but ultimately, God or the universe, they don't care about your plans, right? It's ironic. And I think we all relate because sometimes we overthink and maybe we should just ease up a bit and let it be. It's a good reminder to not be so stuck to our belief systems and to just challenge ourselves once in a while. I know that I need that reminder. So I think that it's a good reminder to just adjust as we go. 
What was your moment? So my award goes to Herschel. I love when he gives the pocket watch to Glenn. It's such a good, good scene. Herschel just talks with Glenn like a regular conversation between a young man and his girlfriend's dad. (laughs) I mean, you forget about the zombie apocalypse just for a moment. Herschel asks Glenn where he's from. He says Michigan and prior to that, Korea. And Herschel tells him he's from Ireland. He shows Glenn his pocket watch. And then Herschel says, no man is good enough for his little girl until one is. He gives Glenn the pocket watch. So much sentimental value in that watch as it travels through the show and the seasons. It's just a really special moment. So that's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in and we hope something we said today resonated with you, gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please subscribe to our podcast and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. We need your feedback. Thank you to my Aunt Susan, my little sister Bridget and Diana's friend Deb for posting reviews. You're all awesome. And we'll be uploading new episodes every Tuesday. The next show will be on season three, episodes one and two. You can find our blog at the link listed in our description. See you next time. (laughs) Bye. Bye.